0: Trusting God even when things just don't make sense. That's next on Abounding Grace. The understanding, friends, things you're praying about right now, things you're worried about right now
1: may not come until you die and wake up in the presence of the Lord. And you're going to have to trust Him. I'm going to have to trust Him until then. And God blesses faith. He does. Not only does He give faith, but He blesses faith. And you want to learn to trust Him for what's going on in your life right now, just like the disciples.
0: This is amazing grace. This is unfailing. There's a lot being said today about the Holy Spirit that frankly isn't true. But beginning today on Abounding Grace, we want to look at what is true about the ministry of the Spirit. And we find that in the Word of God. In the weeks ahead, we'll bring you quite a number of messages from Pastor Ed Taylor, all dealing with the Holy Spirit. You'll soon learn he's our great helper who wants to dwell in us, be with us and come upon us. We'll start off in John 14 at verse 15. Open your Bibles to John chapter
1: 14. The promise of the Holy Spirit is on Jesus' mind to the disciples. Remember, we're studying a very particularly troubling time in the disciples' lives. A lot of things have been shared with them, starting really back in chapter 13, where we get to the last week of the life of Jesus. Jesus is preparing them for his death and resurrection, for this time of separation until he returns again. And it's been very hard for them. He tells them there's a betrayer at the table. And then he says in chapter 14, verse 1, don't let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. He begins to encourage them on their anxiety and the worry that they have. What's the future going to look like? Their hearts were troubled. They're gripped with fear. So to further comfort their hearts, he tells them that he's going to pray for them. And, and he's going to pray the Father would send the Holy Spirit to them, to abide with them. And pick up with me now in verse 15 of John 14. If you love me, Jesus says, keep my commandments. By the way, this is a constant theme of Jesus. Although they're anxious and although they're going through it and although they don't know what the future holds and although they don't know what's happening in their lives, Jesus doesn't veer from the fact that love and obedience go hand in hand that I believe he's warning them just a little bit that in trying difficult times, there will be the temptation of disobedience. There will be the temptation for you and I to abandon the things of God or to allow our hearts to become bitter or a variety of other things that he's talking about death and resurrection and separation and you're not going to see me anymore, but then you will see me. And, And he reminds it over and over again, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. Keep that in mind. It's true for them, it's true for us. If you love me, the true expression of love toward God is obedience to God. That's the true expression. And so he says in verse 16, I will pray the Father, and he'll give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever, even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. Here's another thing we learned that was on their minds. They were fearing loneliness. They 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 had a, a real fear of being an orphan, of having no one to take care of them anymore, of having no one to turn to. When we read and study through the Scriptures, we have to be very careful that we also pay attention not just to the doctrinal essence of what's being taught right teaching that's what doctrine means right teaching we don't we don't want to miss the reality of the personal relationships how doctrine is lived out in someone's life so for the disciples here this thought of being orphans they didn't mention anything about him being orphans they didn't tell Jesus, it's not recorded here, you know what, of all the things we're worried about, we just feel like you're going to leave us alone, we're not going to have anybody to take care of us, knowing full well that orphans are very deeply deep, rooted in the heart of God, widows and orphans, those that are, don't have anyone to help them, don't have anyone to take care of them. And they're considering this, and, and the heart of Jesus saying, I'm not going to leave you orphans, you're going to be just fine. You're going to be okay. So often Jesus speaking to the things in our hearts that we don't even speak. That only he knows and we know and he's able to speak a word to it. And the promise that he gives to this particular fear is in verse 16, that I'm going to pray for you. And the answer to that prayer will be the father sending another helper. Now, if you'd like to write in your Bibles, which I encourage you to do, circle the word helper here. And it's a Greek word, The word parakletos, P-A-R-A-C-L-E-T-O-S. The word para, the Greek Greek prefix means to come alongside. For example, we use the word paramedic all the time. A paramedic is someone that comes alongside a hurting person on behalf of a doctor, kind of an intermediary, to get them stable, to give the kind of care that they're trained to give, and to get that person to the doctor as soon as possible to the hospital. Paramedic, to come alongside of you. Here, parakletos literally means to come alongside in comfort or help. And that's the work of the Holy Spirit, to come alongside of us, to help us. But rather, not just to come alongside of us with us, but Jesus adds, to be in you. The work of the Spirit, the very person of the Holy Spirit, dwelling in the believer. Not only that, as we'll see in future studies, as we'll pause here now for about 10 to 10 or 11 weeks and we're going to look at the ministry of the Holy Spirit. This is the perfect place to do it. The abiding presence of the third person of the Trinity, God, the Spirit. Not only does he come along not only is he with us and comes in us, but then in Acts we're also promised that the Holy Spirit will come upon us in the very power of the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, which will be a future study. But this is a real ministry of the Holy Spirit in their lives because if you look at their lives, the disciples, not not only was Jesus Messiah to them, and not only did they have a hope that Jesus as Messiah would free them from Roman bondage, but Jesus was their friend. He was their... He hung out together. He was their friend. He, He was their buddy, if you will. Like, like he, was, he was with them. He wasn't always teaching in some kind of formal setting, but he, he was spinning and sharing life with them, very much like you and I do in life. We share life together. We have our more serious moments, and we have our more lighthearted moments, but he was their friend in every sense of that word. He was their friend. Not only that, there were many times we find Jesus being their defender, he was their defender. The, the Pharisees in the religious realm would come after them often and argue with them and try to confuse them. And we even have an occasion in Mark chapter 9 where Jesus saw a great multitude of people gathering around the disciples, and the scribes were there questioning them, and they were kind of pressing them in, and, and they were having a hard time answering the questions. And they created a large crowd, and you know, with people arguing and a crowd gathers, and there's all kinds of tension. And Jesus comes up to him and says, What are you guys, what are you talking to them about? Almost as if he's inserting in himself, saying, Don't ask them, I'll answer that question. And defending him like you would with your children. You see somebody picking on your child, not only are you going to separate them, but you're going to, wait a minute, if you have anything with my kids, you can talk to me about it. I'll answer it. You know, you're a little bit bigger, and, and I'll stand there. And, and, you know, like, Jesus just, just was a great friend, loyal to the end, of course, as the only Jesus would be. And I believe there's a part of the disciples that are thinking about, well, who's going to defend us when you leave? Like, we aren't. And, and this is an understatement, but it must be said. I, I'm sure they were thinking, We're not as smart as you. Of course, nobody's as smart as Jesus, but like we didn't go, we don't have those kind of answers. We don't know how to answer them. We don't know what we would say today is we don't know the Bible that well. We don't know where to go. We don't know what pages to turn. And if they come after us and you leave us, and amidst all the anxiety, all the fear, all the things they're going through, on top of that, they won't have anybody to watch their back anymore. Jesus says, You don't need to be concerned about because I'm going to pray for you, and God is going to answer by giving you my very presence, God the Holy Spirit, to live inside of you. You will forever be in my presence, because I will live in you. It's so encouraging. This is one of those things. There's a few things there. I mean, really, there's a lot of things in the life of Jesus where he's teaching them, and they don't get it. Just like you and I don't get it. We might even the, understand the full scope of the indwelling presence of God inside of us as believers, but that's exactly what we have. God living in us. And as Jesus gives them this answer, he also, he, he says, right, what's on their heart. Verse 18, you're not going to be orphans. I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to come to you. Verse 19, a little while longer, and the world will see me no more, but you'll see me. Because I live, you'll live also. At that day, you will know that I'm in the Father, and you're in me, and I in you. He who has my commandments and keeps them, it's he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. That theme of obedience continues on. I'm not going to leave you orphans, but don't think you, can't be, you can be disobedient when I'm gone. But these words are like, that day you'll know that I'm in the Father, and you and me, and I and you. You're like, What? I'm in the Father, you're in the Father. Like, wouldn't you, don't you think if you were sitting there with Jesus, you'd be there going, but I'm here and you're there. I don't, what are you talking about? How can I be in you and the Father in me? But, but what Jesus is doing is what he does in all of our lives. He's giving us facts and truths and wanting us to walk by faith until we fully understand them. Think about the things in your life that you don't understand. I'm certain there are a lot of things in life you don't understand. But in, even though you don't understand them, you accept them. You accept them. For me, it's, there, here's a common one for me. I'm not very good with my hands. I think you guys know that. I'm not good with tools. I'm not good with mechanical things. I'm not good with that. I don't, I don't understand them. Even if, I even like, like electricity. I, I was curious about electricity that in high school I took a class. I wanted to learn about them. I think I can learn. So this is one thing that was challenging for me, and I wanted to learn about it. So I took the class, and I sat down, and absolutely don't understand anything about electricity. Nothing. Ohms and ohms and all that. I don't know. I don't, you, you, even if you explained it to me today, even if I got electricity for dummies, I wouldn't be able to understand it. I've tried. And it's just a part of my life. I, I, I just don't get it. If something broke, I wouldn't know how to fix it. I wouldn't know how, I wouldn't, somebody will fix it, and I go, oh, really, was that easy? Well, it was easy for someone that understands it, but not for someone that doesn't. But I can tell you this, just because I don't understand electricity doesn't mean I don't accept it. I totally accept electricity exists, and it works. And just because I don't understand it, it has never prevented me that when I walk into a dark room that I don't flip a switch to turn on the lights. I still believe that it exists, I just don't understand it. But just because I don't understand it doesn't mean I can't flip a switch. I accept it, and I use it without understanding. Now, in a very real, well, real way, spiritually, that's the description of your life at various stages. They're just simply things in your life right now you don't understand. God is even giving you an answer to it, and the answer didn't really help that much. It's in those times, just because you don't understand something doesn't mean you dismiss it. But rather, you answer it by faith, and you accept it, until it's fully understood. Very important. Right now you're asking God for explanations, but you know the Bible is very clear. We don't live on explanations. We live by faith. So even when explanations don't come, we live by faith. We trust in the mighty sovereign God in our lives. That yeah, maybe somebody comes to you, well explain to me how you can do that, in your God, and your Bible, and you're like, Right now, I'm just telling you, I don't fully understand everything, but what I do understand is giving me enough faith to trust my God. It puts you in an awkward place, but even the disciples are here. They're being told stuff that we're having a trouble. We have a little bit of trouble understanding I'm gonna be in you, you're gonna be in the Father, and you'll understand soon enough. And and all of that is like I'm worried and anxious and I'm hurting and I'm fearful for the future. You're gonna leave me. Who's gonna take care of me? You're gonna leave me. Or all of that's happening. This is happening rapid fire for the disciples. We spent weeks studying this chapter, but imagine all of this happening in one moment in your own life: like boom, 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 boom. boom. It's happening over and over and over and over, boom, 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 boom. It's like, oh, Jesus just speaking the truth. And on top of that, you're like, he's sharing all these things, but he's also saying, but you already have my commandments, so if you love me, do them. It's like Jesus saying, just do what you know. Don't worry about the things you don't know. Do what you know. Do and obey me while it's in front of you. Obey me because you love me. That'll get you through a lot of things. And the disciples learned that too, didn't they? Because love covers a multitude of sins. You know, love is the lubricant. Love is the thing that'll keep you loyal to your spouse. Love is the one that'll bring relationships back together. Love is the motivating, powerful factor on the world, on the planet today as the Holy Spirit lives out His life through us. Love is the solution, the true love of God, the agape, selfless love. And we'll study in future Bible studies of what it, what it looks like to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit with and to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit in and to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit upon. Because too many of us, we fall back to the weak and ineffective ways of our own understanding. It's such a habit. It's, we're so human We have a problem when we immediately attack it by what we know, but the Bible says it's not by might and it's not by power, but it's by my spirit, says the Lord. That was a promise given to Zerubbabel from God himself when he's faced with an impossibility, when he assesses everything with his eyes, when he assesses everything with his thoughts, when he just looks at it for what it is, he's standing there going, this is impossible. I could never do it. And God's answer is, yes, you're right. It's not going to happen in your own strength. It's not going to happen with your own wisdom, Zerubbabel, as good as it is. It is going to happen by my power. And I think, of, I think of so many of you in the congregation here that are so excellent in what you do. You're an expert in your field. You're, people come to you for help. You you just are so studied or you're so successful. You, you have gone to such a level of, of education. You you are so good by repetition and practice and what you do in the world, and that's a gift from God. God has blessed you. And yet there's still things in life that you don't understand. As smart as you might be and as studied as you might be and as many people come to you, there are still things that you don't grasp, that you don't understand. And it's in those times that God is asking you to set aside your education, to set aside your knowledge and trust him so that you learn that even in your education and knowledge that God has given to you, he's given you the brain, he's given you the resources, he's given you experience to learn and to grow and to be a help in this society for the name of Jesus Christ. He wants you to learn how to do that by faith as well. There's just trusting the Lord for what's going on in your life until the understanding comes. The understanding, friends, things you're praying about right now, things you're worried about right now, may not come until you die and wake up in the presence of the Lord. And you're going to have to trust him. I'm going to have to trust him until then. And God blesses faith. He does. Not only does he give faith, but he blesses faith and you want to learn to trust him for what's going on in your life right now, just like the disciples. Now, verse 22, check it out. Judas, not Iscariot, because he's already gone, he already left, says to Jesus, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? And Jesus answered and said to him, If anyone loves me, he'll keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. He who does not love me does not keep my words, and the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. He asks a question that I believe is on everybody's mind, but isn't the answer interesting? How is it that you're going to manifest yourself to us, but the world won't see it? And Jesus says, if you love me, you'll keep my word. (laughs) I think Jesus is going, you will never really understand it. But let me tell you what you can't understand. If you love me, just obey me. If you love me, obey me. But this is what's going to happen. You're going to get this abiding relationship. It's going to be spiritual. The Father, I'm in the Father. You're... Now, those of you that read ahead, you know in chapter 15, Jesus elaborates a little bit on this beautiful opportunity that God has given to us to abide in him. The only true place of fruit is abiding in him. He'll get into that then. But for now, hey, if you love me, keep my commandments, because that's who we'll make our home with. If you don't love me, you won't keep my commandments, and that's who we won't. That's the difference. For those that have a relationship with me, you have the benefits of relationship. For those that don't have a relationship with me, you will pay the consequences for that. That's what he's saying in a very simple way, just trying to comfort them. But he doesn't really answer the question directly. This is how it's going to happen. You know, sometimes you ask a question, you want all the facts and all the details. Explain it to me. And Jesus doesn't explain it. He just says it a different way. It's going to happen. Trust me. It's going to happen. Trust me. Makes you a stronger believer. Listen, I'm telling you, there is no better way to grow in grace than to be put in situations where you are forced to trust in the Lord. Oh, man. We hate every single one of them. If we were planning out our life, we would definitely not have chapters on situations that would force us to trust in the Lord, but they'd grow us up faster than a Bible study ever would. And may the Lord give us more
0: that we might trust Him with our lives. That's Pastor Ed Taylor on Abounding Grace, and we're focusing on the Holy Spirit right now as we continue our study of John. Ed, today you emphasize the primary work of the Spirit, and that is teaching. How does that tie into what we do each day here on Abounding Grace? Well, you know, Larry, the
1: story of Abounding Grace is an interesting one. We definitely don't have the time to go into it, but let me give you an overview of why Abounding Grace exists. When we moved here to Colorado from Southern California in the hopes of being used by God to plant a church, uh, we gathered a group together, we were meeting in a place and needed another larger venue to meet in, and we found this school hidden in a neighborhood and started gathering there. But over time, we realized nobody knew we were there. I mean, we put some signs up around the city, and that was great, that helped a lot, but nobody really knew, number one. And number two, what did we have to give our city? We didn't have hardly anything, uh, just a real small church gathering together, hopeful for what God wants to do. What do we have to give? Well, the Lord really revealed to me as I was praying, we have the word of God. And I was praying, contacted by a local radio station, and through a series of events and 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 just amazing, miraculous provision, we went on the radio to teach the Word of God verse by verse. And back in the day, I'd only completed a couple of different books of the Bible, so they kept repeating over and over and over again, uh, because that's all the material that we had already taught, because I think we went on the radio within about a year of the ministry here, but how does it tie in? I mean, the Holy Spirit uses his word, that's it. He uses the word of God to reach people. It is the word of God that builds faith. It's the word of God that changes hearts. It it conforms us into the image of Christ, brings people to a place of conviction, encourages, exhorts, strengthens, rebukes, reproves. The word of God is powerful. And now here we are 20 plus years later, abounding grace, is and you know when you think of abounding grace it was a seed that god planted that eventually led and pray for us here okay wherever you're listening pray for us here our radio station network that reaches 80 percent. imagine that we weren't thinking that at all but taking steps of faith we now have two radio stations and we're hoping to add a third right now we cover 80 percent of the population of the state of colorado so when you think of us abounding grace Grace FM. You can go to our website, gracefm.com, and there's information available there. Uh, It'll tie you together with all the ministry that's going on here. But how does it tie in? And the Word of God, the Word of God, the Word of God, it goes forth. And really, even to this day,
0: that's all we have to give is the gracious love of Christ through His Word. Thanks for sharing that, Pastor Ed. And listening friend, we look forward to sharing more about the Holy Spirit in the days ahead. To give this a second listen, just go online to AboundingGraceRadio.com or listen through the Calvary Church app. You can search for Ed Taylor to download that today. Look for our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Stitcher. Well, today we're excited to tell you about a book written by Scott Sauls titled Beautiful People Don't Just Happen. It reads sort of like a field guide and will lead you to what the Bible calls the secret of being content in every circumstance. You'll also find hope in how God is drawn toward you in your sin and sorrow. Get a better idea of how God uses our struggles to make us more lovely. And learn how to quiet shaming and wearing thoughts with God's divine countervoice. We'll gladly send you a copy of Beautiful People Just Don't Happen for a donation of $25 or more to Abounding Grace. Thank you for remembering us in your prayers and giving to the Lord. Your gift, whatever the size, will serve to help us reach thousands with the message of Christ. Reach us toll-free at 877-30GRACE. Again, 877-30-GRACE. If you'd just like to make a donation and you're not interested in the pick of the month, you can just go online to AboundingGraceRadio.com. We've got another study in the Gospel of John to look forward to tomorrow on Abounding Grace with Pastor Ed Taylor. May God richly bless you with His Abounding Grace. This is amazing grace.